This is this is free. Don't just really... give that kind of stuff away. What's that? This is a free recording. Don't just give that kind of <laughs> great sound away. Make people just, pay for that album. You caught me jamming out. <laughs> you weren't even aware that I was recording. You didn't even uh, have your mic set up. I just remotely hacked into your um, your system there and yeah, started my mic, recording. My mic wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I was just doing my typical Saturday jam out sesh, but <laughs> and and now here we are. I guess so. Wow. Well. I hey man, talk. welcome to it. Hey, thanks. It's April. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, thank you so much. I want to talk about inventions. Inventions. Yeah. Do you want to talk about inventions? Yeah, I'd love to talk about inventions. Because, well, here here's here's what I'm very excited about. I have. An invention that I cannot execute on that I want to put out in the world for someone else to take and make millions on um, just because I can't figure it out for myself. Okay, without asking <clears throat> for too many details, because as you know, uh, you know, you've, you've got to be careful. <laughs> you've got to be careful, like, where you spread this idea. No, I, uh, I, uh, just in I case want, somebody takes it. I right? want. Elon Musk to hear this and to oh my uh, exploit it and I'll be the um, I don't know I'll be the third guy that left Apple right before it blew up <laughs> you know I'm fine with that I'm fine I'm gonna give it all away because partly I, I think this probably already exists and you know I just I don't live in the world that this exists in so I have no idea all right you let's talk about it? it yeah okay. I'm ready okay um This is an idea that I, a lot of kids probably stumble on, but one day when I was drinking some ice water okay. with a straw in a cup, I just put my straw in an ice cube while I was sucking in. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, see, you already know where I'm, you know where I'm going. You suck in, so. and you can make a hole in this ice cube, right? Okay, sure. Does that make sense? As you are, as you are sucking the water through the bottom of the straw... It passes over the ice cube. And it erodes it, creates, it. Yeah, it erodes it to the point where you can go straight through the ice cube. And uh, it's a nice little trick where you can stick a straw through an ice cube. Yeah, then you have an ice cube ring around your straw. Yeah, I, it's, I understand. It's yeah, I've exciting. been there. Been You've there, done, done this? That. Yep. Okay, so there has to be some sort of like practical application for this, right? Like, <laughs> for the ice cube ring? Yeah. Like, okay, think about this on a bigger scale of like drilling in the arctic regions right drilling through ice or boring not drilling um making very deep holes for penguins to fall into mm-hmm. right yep this this has to be a better way to drill than than actually using a drill right because oh. you're not actually you're not actually being destructive to the surrounding matter yeah you're just using water to erode you're using water to erode water, right? Dude. So think think about, and maybe it works for more than ice. You know, maybe if you uh, dump water just down into dirt, it creates a slurry of mud that you you kind of vacuum up, pull to the surface, and just shoot more water down there. And that's that's how you, quote, unquote, drill. You make You make a consistent tube all the way down because you're pulling the matter out you're making into a slurry 
And at the same time, you don't have to have like this huge metal rod going into the ground. You can just have like a hose sucking the water out and then you can dump more in from above ground. Right. Right? Huh. Yeah, that's sweet. But um, here's this is this is probably already something they do to drill for oil or something. You think so? I don't know much about this. I I don't either. This is this is totally just for me uh, sucking on the ice cube. But <laughs> right. surely surely someone's come up with a better way to do this and applied it and already made their money off of it and is still making money off of it. Um. Hmm. Where do you go from here with that? Well, so here here's the thing. How do you find May- out whether or not someone's done it? I don't know. I think my first step would be to do some Wikipediaing, Wikipediaing, Wiki, Wiki, Wikipediaing. Do some research yep. on oil drilling just to see how that goes because uh, I'm sure, however they do it, is probably the most efficient way to do it. But I have to think with this method. You can't assume method, that. I guess I can't. With this method, though, you don't even necessarily have to pull the liquid back up to the top. If you just had liquid down there, you could have this thing sucking the liquid up through a straw and shooting it out 10 feet above. As long as this just keeps on, like, sucking this stuff up, right, it's going downwards, creating a a consistent round hole. Right. So, okay, I'm trying to to picture when when you've got a, a a glass or a cup that you're that has ice and water or whatever in it mm-hmm. you're drinking through a straw i'm trying to trying to picture um how this erosion takes place is so the straw is basically like almost touching the ice cube and then the way i i imagine it as you suck in the liquid the liquid uh, basically sort of goes around that ice cube uh, toward the straw, like on the top of the ice cube, yep. and that's where the erosion takes place? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. And so think about, just just make that ice cube the entire earth. Right. right? And think about sucking that water up through a straw, and the water that you suck up just goes straight back down into the hole so you can keep reusing it to to form this slurry that, you know sediment instead of melting ice you could you could like just yeah. uh, it, it's using water to move sediment yeah and then once the water once you're done with the water it goes back into the ocean right right sure sure or you just destroy the land around you, you use some harsh chemicals and you pour it on the grasslands that you're drilling through <laughs> yeah jeez this is good man is it but here's the thing: Is it and has all, somebody already looked into this? See, I I haven't researched this because I'm sure within like ten minutes of uh, googling this that my idea will not only be in application somewhere, it will be uh, totally outmoded by a, a a better idea and a means of doing this. Well, That's just the way I see it. it if there was somebody in the industry who had this, who had a similar idea and had it totally worked out so that they could actually put it into play, I mean, they're 100% committed to this thing. So they're going to make sure that it passes every little tiny test and that they're able, that they're able to do it as efficiently as, as possible. 
Right. So I think that that would be why if if you find out that someone is using that and uh, you know that some that somebody's using it perhaps more efficiently, dude, that'd be why because they're they're more engaged. They're in the industry. They want to just make sure it works really well. But at the same time, it'd be peace of mind knowing that, damn it, you were onto something. I, I was. I arrived at it independently. And it'd be closure because then you wouldn't have to uh, worry about going into that project. That's or, right. Or it would be closure the other way, saying, uh, "Holy shit, we have something here. Let's let's uh, look into this a little more." Yeah, yeah. I need to. I'm gonna look this up, and I I will report back to you. Uh, Please do. But. Yeah, yeah. What a what a fun thing, right? Yeah. Just just all from a straw and an ice cube. How exciting! That's fun. So, yeah. uh, if the, if there's not one yet, it'd be fun to um, draw up a schematic and make a miniature prototype so that so that you can patent it uh, for right. a couple grand, so that the oil companies can buy it from you for like a couple million dollars yeah well okay so and maybe not just oil maybe this thing can work horizontally too so i can bury uh like communication lines oh my goodness like that without actually being too intrusive to the ground above right sure yeah this is a city utility municipality uh some other word that ends in ty this Um, this, this could be used everywhere it can, and you know, at this point, it's not. It's not. It's only right here. It only exists right here. I mean, even if even if this uh, water thing is used, this water erosion method is used by oil companies, for example, um, we know that it's not being used in municipalities or anything like that. So that's true. There's probably a good reason for it, though. Hmm. You know, think think about like shooting water into the ground. And perhaps uh, creating sinkholes, uh, just so you can bury your cable line. Maybe that's why well, they we'll, don't do it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that's well, cool, you, man. Yeah. Did Did you ever? Um, surely you you had science fairs when you were young, where you oh, had to uh, invent something. You know, actually, no. Unfortunately, no? we did not. I I don't understand where I lived or what what why we didn't do any of that stuff but um yeah for some reason we never did Did, so you never had the opportunity to invent something when you were a kid no surely you you tried dude nothing comes to mind this whole entrepreneurial spirit of mine just came about uh just fairly recently okay okay so what about you did you uh did you invent things as a kid and was this uh, through the school system? I, I remember one, one invention for a class project. It was it was called like the Yo-Yo Matic machine or Yo-Yo something machine that I made out of cardboard, and all it was, oh boy, all it was was a cardboard box sitting on top of a larger cardboard box, and you could pull a drawstring. And it would dispense one of your yo-yos that if you that you would put in this top box into a little uh, I don't know it it float it it run down this little um, this little pathway and present you with one yo-yo 
that you would put <laughs> into top nice. of this thing. So it's That's awesome. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's an intermediary between you just picking up a yo-yo off the table. Yeah, right? it solves that problem. It just puts your yo-yos about two and a half feet away from your hand, and then it puts them right in front of your hand. It's a yo-yo vending machine. Yeah, yeah. But there was no, uh, uh, there was no like insert quarter here sort of system. Yeah, for uh, yo-yos. For yo-yos. Um, yeah, that that was uh, the thing. Is it worked? It worked very well, and you could pull it so it would only dispense one yo-yo at a time, or several. Uh, but you know, I never, I never thought about how uh, useless it was. But the uh, the whole concept makes sense if you expand it outside of just yo-yos. I mean, the physics behind it, the uh, the idea behind dispensing one item. Yeah. Uh, I think it's applicable. It is. It is. It's. It's applicable, but. I remember the thing that I got very excited about was branding this thing, taking a sharpie to it and writing like "Yo-Yo Matic" or something on the side of this nice. box. Nice, yeah. So, so that I remember that being the part, the interesting part. And then on the drawstring, I had tied like a from a Jacks, you know, the mm-hmm. old uh, the game with the, the little. I don't even know what those are called. The little spiky. I think they're called jacks. Are they? Are they just called jacks? I took a I think jack. Like a one jacks. is a jack. I took one of one jack, and uh, that was the end of the drawstring too. And I remember that kind oh, of that's being cool. like, a, yeah, that that was almost its own little branding element. Yeah, uh, and I was very excited about that. So, oh, that's cool, man. So, so do you think that that uh, sparked some some uh, branding passion or marketing passion? It was certainly a, an early indicator, right? Yeah, that's cool. And but it the was, whole sorry, no, no, you go. <laughs> So uh, the the whole idea of that, uh, dude, I, it appeals to me so friggin' much because what you did there with that Sharpie, you took an ordinary cardboard box and just by, just by, uh, bless me, excuse me, um, it, j- just by uh, writing some stuff on it with a Sharpie, you turned it into a product. Right, I branded it. Yeah. I, I was ready to market this thing. Yeah, well, uh, I want to hear your um, your take on this, but I there was a phase that I went through, especially like in college, where I would have ideas, and before I would even build them, I would like try to brand them, right? And I think that's a very attractive thing for a lot of people, and that's where they a lot of ideas die, is that they don't even focus on the product; they just start branding the thing. Okay. Uh, and it took me doing quite a few of these things to realize that I was actually just interested in like branding and building websites and Interesting. that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. at the same time though, I think I think branding before you make before you actually make the product can be super effective though, um, because you brand it um, with sort of an uh, with, with sort of a, a perfect product in mind. Right. So you you say uh, this product has these these features these benefits and uh, this is everything that the product entails and then that sort of sets sets up your checklist for actually putting the product itself together. That's right. It's the it's the culmination of a business plan. It is. 
Yeah. And I, so, I, sometimes going about it backwards is really the best way to go. Reverse engineering. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Um, yeah, just none of my ideas ever took off. Uh, but, I, I yeah, I, I remember getting too lost in the weeds on the branding. Uh, but I guess it, it paid off because that's kind of where my career took me. And I was very good at doing that for other companies. Agreed. Man, that's cool. So, um, yeah. so would you be willing to share any of these uh, product? I guess products or ideas that you that you branded back in the college days. Absolutely, I remember this. Uh, one of the first ideas I had was for a website called Flock Two, which I think this happened right as Twitter came out. Okay. Or it was it was okay. So Facebook was already out. Uh, Reddit was a thing, and Twitter Probably in its infancy. It was in a and maybe I don't even know if Twitter might not have been around yet. But my idea was you need a place online to like concentrate all of your your profiles mm. right because i don't know you it's like if you if you were a, a user of these things you would stumble across the same users on different platforms um but there wasn't really an easy way to find them sure so flock Two was like uh, a place where you would post something that you had created um, just a really short version of it, not not like full articles, but just like uh, maybe a few paragraphs um, about you or about something that you had created, and then you would link any uh, any profiles that you had, like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, Reddit, YouTube, anything that was relevant back then, and it would put a little icon at the bottom of your post, and these icons would link straight to your profiles. Right, so if somebody dug your idea or dug um, your writing, they could find they could find, find you, you on, on the other th- platforms. On the other platforms, yeah. Okay. And so this also had an upvote and downvote system where uh, posts died after 24 hours. But uh, okay, so the left hand side of this website was all posts uh, starting with the newest first, and the right hand side were the top posts of the last 24 hours. So whoever got the most upvotes in the last 24 hours was at the top of the queue on the right side, but after 24 hours, they would go away. Right? So I like this, you would have this constant stream of new posts on the left side and top posts on the right side. So so is this would this be similar? I mean, it, it's kind of like the idea of a news feed like Facebook, except it... It's I a mean, people it, feed. So in the case that it it includes all of your friends, but it includes all of your friends' posts from every social media account. Well, no, okay, so right? it's they have to go to Flock Two to post whatever they want to post. Okay, right? uh, and so you don't actually like follow people on Flock Two. You follow them on the other platforms, or you can find them on the other platforms. Hmm. Right. So based on one thing that they have written or made, you can go see what else they've written or made based on what they post on Flock 2. I see. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, and it's no longer up, but uh, one of my buddies actually built this thing. Really? Right? I designed the website, and he was uh, early in his programming days, so he thought it'd be kind of a fun project just to try. And so this thing was up and working. What? Um, just, yeah, after the matter of a, a couple weeks, uh, and then I got kind of my first big boy job out of college, so I'd 
totally neglected it. I'm sad to say. But I there was an idea the there. branding behind there was uh, was excellent too. Very was, bird centric. Uh, oh yeah, looking back on it, it was kind of terrible. But um, for the for the time, yeah, the, I, I was putting a bird on it. I think um, at the same time or right before Twitter did. Right. Uh, flock two. Man. Flock two. That's excellent. But yeah. Okay. First of all, isn't it isn't it so nice to know developers? Who can do this stuff? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, you need to pay um, an arm and a leg just to be able to just to be able to get something like that built. That's right. And you have to be like fully committed to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing. I was again more excited about the idea and the design and the branding of this thing really than the <laughs> than actually like the back end of it. But he was exactly the opposite. He only cared about uh, being the code monkey, um, and you know he doesn't like working in Photoshop at all. Uh, so that that was my, I guess that was uh, it was just kind of the the right the right time for both of us because uh, I know he probably learned some things doing it that he probably uses in his his, his job still today, right? Oh yeah, somewhere. And the same for me. Um, yeah, it was like a like an early uh, product hunt. Have you ever been on that website? No, it's it's where like people can post new, um, like apps, applications that they develop, or websites or ideas. Okay. Um, and other people can like upvote and comment on them. So it's like, uh, I mean, it's uh, sort of uh, like self. So, I mean, like. Damn it! What's the freaking word? Self, uh, you self self promotion. Like, uh, like people people go to this site for for the the sake of self promotion, where they're uh, promoting their new products. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know that it can be self promoted. I think you can't uh, post like a product you build. Someone else has to. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah. Still, there's some discussion and based, you know, there, there's profiles so you can see what else people built. But it was it was kind of a, it was something between Twitter, Reddit, and Product Hunt. Okay. And I don't know that it was actually useful, but it was a it was a great exercise in like uh, finding a way to build something that actually worked, or kind of had some utility. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. And sorry, I'm I'm still kind of stuck on this. So, Please. so when you were putting together this platform, did you did you imagine? I guess how long of posts did you imagine people writing? Was I this going to be had, like a one paragraph thing, or was it more of a blog post like Medium or something no, like that? I, th- I think we had a character limit on it around like 400 characters or something, right? Longer than okay. what a tweet is now, but uh, still like short enough that you could see several cards within one within like whatever viewing window you had sure. open at the time. So oh, man. that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. There and oh God, I, I learned so much about um not about building a product, but just about design through doing that, right? Oh I believe like, it. Just, User just experience. How to, how to fit so many cards in one space and how to like make uh each post stand out without like cluttering cluttering everything up and like you know, you, you have like dozens of links within the viewing window you know how do, how do you make those like parsable for the user so they're not like sure. bombarded with uh, go here go here go here 
Yeah, exactly. I, I learned a lot. But, okay, so I think you're probably the same. And I know you've had some ideas where you have uh, almost – you've built out websites for things, I know. Um, I have, bef- yeah. As you – not not necessarily before you flesh out the idea, but it's, it's sort of like part of uh, the process for you. Well, it has been in the past, yeah. And I think part of that is because – uh, as as I would build a website, I would be learning things at the same time. So it it, it was more of uh, my own like unstructured training exercise for a lot of these things, and it's yeah. it's helped me to just develop skills of to you know being able to build not not build because it's using WordPress and other CMSs, but actually put together a site and make sure that it's talking to the server and. Um, yeah, just just being able to at least carry out a somewhat basic idea of a yeah. site, um, not some not a custom thing by any means, but I can at least make a website for people yeah. if I need yeah. to. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, in the past, I've done I've done a few different websites. There were sort of uh, like niche sites where I was doing some affiliate sales and writing content, and uh, the plan was to drive a bunch of organic traffic focused on these long tail keywords um, and then get the get that traffic to buy an affiliate product but easier said than done yeah you know the amazing thing for me is like that makes me want to fall asleep when I hear people talk <laughs> about stuff like that yeah <laughs> I am in the process of like building a website uh, for uh, what I hope to be like a company within the next few months which is just gonna be a one-man show Mm-hmm. But still, if if I if I were to like step back from this thing, and s- define it with with a lot of jargon and bloat and stuff like that, yep, I would I would totally be turned off and, uh, um, yeah, I, I would I would abandon it so fast. But actually working through it and like making um, designing and writing and like coming up with. Uh, sort of a schedule of fees for these services and things like that is uh god it sounds so sad but it's it's actually pretty fun to do oh yeah man as long as you're not too self-involved about it right absolutely um well i think i think the uh one of the most important parts is to be able to think both strategically and tactically about it um be be able to see it like from the quote-unquote high level um, and know sort of where the product is going and and what you ultimately want to do with it, what your goal is, but then yeah. also be able to sort of get into the tren- trenches. Damn, I'm using a lot of cliches. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's just what happens nowadays. <laughs> you know, get get into the into the weeds and... <laughs> so it. you can hockey stick your, uh, your revenue here and really move the needle exactly. on your uh, initiatives. Yeah, synergy. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, digital enterprise venture. Yep, exactly. And uh, metrics and yeah, KPIs. Um, yeah, granular analytics for your dashboard. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Your user platform. So. Oh God, I, I user engagement and um, building that sales pipeline and funneling. Uh, oh, exactly. Your, your drip marketing. Pump it through the pipeline. Oh, That's God. what they say. And really taking that user pathway and uh, user experience and interaction 
and optimize product design. Yep. Oh, that's that's key. That's paramount. Um, well, yeah, the as the pendulum swings, uh, good point. Shift. Yeah. Damn it. All right, so let's climb out of this rabbit hole. So uh, I just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You know, the sad thing is I, uh, I've i learned that uh, if you can uh, really articulate that kind of stuff, um, if you can actually string those words together, you can make a living in, in marketing, which oh, yeah. is sad. And, uh, Easily. And so the business that I hope to create is sort of the uh, antithesis of, of all of that, uh, taking the sexy out of marketing. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't really want to go further into it because – that in itself is boring but but yeah i i hope i hope someday soon that there's kind of an uprising against this like fragmentation of of marketing and like building all these niches into the process when really it's just one whole burrito and we don't need to go to 20 different grocery stores to buy the burrito right i see what you mean um i mean it's one big burrito and the fact that the consumer just has one amount of disposable income where they can spend their money but at the same time there are people who who are just totally engulfed in these certain niches some people will be uh will be super interested in uh, following oil drilling news while others could be super interested in in uh running shoes yeah well So, so it's it's not it's not so much the product category but it's almost like uh God, you have so many like specialties and subspecialties within marketing even, right? Like yeah. you have your, your digital specialist, which is separate from your SEO specialist, who is uh, sitting next to your social media and SEO synergist and your UI designer and your UX designer yep. and your front-end developer and your back-end developer. And God, at some point, like all these things really need to like come back into one, especially for like if you're a small or medium-sized business, you know. So how do, like, how does that manifest itself? How I mean, what what does it look like to have everything as one? Because well, this it's is obviously this not is, one person. This is where I pitch you my business, okay? Man. But sure. uh, I'm not going to do that right now. Damn. Yeah, but I I will off air. I will very much do it off air. Love it. I I do want to pitch you. I I asked Ashley about this uh this whole product invention, not product invention, but science fair project sort of thing last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I asked you today, and I want to share one of her her oh, ideas sure. on the spot. And uh, I just want to show it's sort of indicative of how like ideas just fall apart after one thing becomes impractical. Okay. Uh, so she, all of her ideas were were around uh, making chores around the house easier, like laundry, um, dishes, and lawn mowing. Okay. Uh, I, she started with lawn mowing, and I'm not really sure why, because she's never mowed the lawn. But she was... <laughs> oh, God, I love this. Her idea was... Uh, I'm going to try to like articulate it the way she did. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Tube for lawnmower. A tube for the lawnmower, so it puts all the grass in one place. <laughs> yes. Okay, so... <laughs> So right there, there is a good idea here. Whereas she does not want to like take the bag off and dump it, 
in the same spot, right? She doesn't want to have to like push the mower or drive the mower over to the same spot, unhook the bag, dump it out, hook it back on. Okay. Uh, so, so right, centralize what your uh, lawnmower is picking up and spitting out right. without you having to put in extra work. That in itself is a, a great concept if you can do it. It really is. Uh, so then she goes to tube. We need a tube going from the lawnmower to... To where you want to dump the grass. To where you want to dump the grass. Okay. So that's already pretty impractical because now your lawnmower becomes some sort of a bumper car where you have this rod sticking up from it to hold a tube, um, like a gerbil tube system. Right. Where you know, the lawnmower can't run over the, the tube and cut the tube and, and the whole thing goes away. So there, you already have a problem there, right? And then she suggests maybe an overhead grid of tubes. Oh boy! Above your, <laughs> above your lawn, where it, maybe it's like a bank tube system where this hose is always attached to an overhead grid uh, that is shooting this grass out in one place. Have you ever like seen a, a really nice wood shop? Yeah, a woodworking shop. They they have this with um, for like sawdust they have a vacuum system yep exactly and you can move it anywhere in the shop yeah no matter what tool you're using you can plug and unplug your tube and suck it all outside uh so uh the idea was to do that for the lawn and i said well isn't that going to be kind of ugly to have a a whole grid on top of your yard she said yeah well you can cover it with ivy or something (laughs) yeah which will block the sun and prevent your yard from growing at all, which uh, makes this whole thing come full circle, really. The product has defeated the purpose of the product or the, the whole premise that it was built on of mowing a yard that no longer exists because you don't have sunlight. But the moral of the story is, I mean, it's, it's really easy to just sort of get tunnel vision when you have... Yeah. When you have one idea in mind, you just figure out you you're just focused on how to make that idea come to fruition. Right. Um, where you again you're you're focused f- fully on the tactical, uh, really minute details as opposed to the big picture. Yeah. Well, she and she was totally on the big picture of for a moment she believed this was a great idea because all she thought was I'm mowing the lawn and there's a pile of grass accumulating. Yeah. Right. She's, she's not even looking at the overhead grid right now. She's just saying somehow this stuff is transporting itself over there. And so she, she kind of defended this idea before we really got into how it would work. And I, I admired that. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was, it's, kind of a, it's kind of fun to see how any amazing idea can just fall apart with one impractical thing. Right. right. But at the same time, I think... I think it's important first. I mean, really, the the first and foremost, uh, the biggest, the the thing that you should really start with in any business is solving a problem. Right. And it sounds sounds like in that case, Ash was solving a. I'm, it is a problem. It's it's some, yeah. it's an in- inconvenience that that homeowners have when they're mowing their lawns because they right. have to go out of their way. They have to stop productively mowing their lawn and take a break to dump out the grass. So I, I see where she was coming from, at least. I do too. And so so my kind of uh, 
my response to this was like, well, especially if you have a riding mower, what if uh, instead of having a bag system, you have like a bin on the back where you can back it up to the spot where you want to dump it, pull a lever, opens up the chutes, dumps your grass, you push the lever back down, you're still seated, you can drive away and keep mowing and just, you don't have to like get off the mower to, to dump your grass. But to her, that was just defeating the whole point of, you know, making this grass dematerialize and rematerialize over in a separate pile without you even having to go over there. Right. What about a uh, some sort of trailer that follows the mower that's massive and it holds all of the grass? Funny you should say that. Her dad built exactly that. He has, nice. a, he has a trailer. And that's that's where the, the conversation went next, is that he had built this little trailer and the chute, he somehow rigged up the little chute to blow the grass right into the trailer. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So she already had that in her life, and for that reason, she really needed this, uh, really needed the grass to just automatically go from point A to point B. Um, and who cares about the... Uh, the infrastructure in between like the idea needs to happen yep well that's man that's a damn good example um but dude okay regardless the way i see it i appreciate when people actually take time to think about these things and actually take time to not even if they don't necessarily even put put the product together it's thinking outside of the box it's not um not just being okay with with what is currently provided on the market today, right. but uh, think, thinking about the problem yourself and seeing if you can fix it more efficiently. Coming up with a totally unrealistic solution is still a whole lot of fun. It is, and it's, right. it's something that a lot of people don't do. I mean, a lot of people go to Walmart or Ace Hardware or whatever, and if there's not something to solve their problem, they're like, oh, problem can't be solved. I guess yeah, I'll move on. There's a Japanese uh, like word for this or term where people build useless robots. You know oh, what I'm talking yeah. about? Have you seen yeah. this? Like the guy, it was originally the guy with like the iPhone holster that is already on your arm. And it like, when you trigger it, it just extends the iPhone out like five inches past your hand. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's it. Oh, there's a word for this and god there's some brilliant stuff and there's even like shitty robots now yep um i just i just love it though totally totally unrealistic not unrealistic but just impractical solutions for pretty mundane things that we basically have figured out <laughs> but it's at the very exciting. least it's people taking time out of their day to creatively work on projects instead of watching netflix that's right Huh, that's right. So, so what about your your ideas or your uh, where else is your entrepreneurial spirit taking you? I guess. Well, so I know you've built more than the uh, the kind of click farm or not click farm, but um, yeah, the um, content sites. Right. So, uh, so speaking of your social media idea, um, about a year ago or so. I, I talked with a buddy um, who's also in the tech industry, and uh, we had this we had this idea about another social media site. Um, we did not end up building it out. There's something similar to it right now, but um, man, it would take a lot of development work and uh, just a lot of time, money, hours, hours and time. 
Would you to care to uh, detail this thing, or are you still seeing this as a proprietary? I don't think I don't think we're ever going to make any headway on it. We haven't talked about it in probably ten months. Ooh. Um. So, but man, I still think the idea um, really works. It's uh, it's a site. It's called. It would be called something similar to Sandbox. See, it already has a name. You've already yeah. branded it. Right. There you are. So basically what it is, here, here's the thing. Everybody knows that Facebook, Google, they'll have your information. They'll use your information based on your posts, what you like, uh, who you're friends with, that sort of thing. Yeah. They, man, they'll, they data mine the crap out of that stuff and, and make a, like throw you into a category of of what type of person you are. Right. And they have this this macro data and they do that for everybody who's on their in their database. Can I just say that this is refreshing to talk to another Midwestern person about like uh, any sort of online tracking or um, you know, just to just to hear you say something like they data mine the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Instead of like uh, getting an over contextualized explanation of this, it's, it's very it's very midwestern to say like, man, they hunt you down, they hunt <laughs> right. you down, they 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 smell your tracks, they see your feces, and they they go yep. in the direction of the wind. They know you. They know you. So uh, so the idea is, well, first of all, an encrypted, totally encrypted social network. Mm. So just to access the the site sandbox.com or whatever um, your password decrypts it so that so that you can actually access the data but um, but no one else this can't be hacked into or anything because everything is encrypted so that's the first step um, second step is a marketing piece where we promise that that uh, you know, we, we don't do anything with your data. We don't even we don't even friggin' look at it or compile it, whatever. However, you say that to the customer. Um, but after I I can't remember how long it was. After like a week, maybe or a day. Yeah. Um, all of the data erased, like a sandbox, like a like an etch a sketch. Oh, so you're giving yourself only a, a certain amount of time to. As the company, like, use this data to track your users and uh, advertise to them or monetize the site, however you do it. You're giving yourself just a, a grace period with their data and then saying after seven days it's gone. Well, yeah, yes. However, I'm not sure how, how it would even be monetized. It might, I think, honestly, I think a good one way to approach it anyway would be eventually have people pay for membership on it because they're paying for their own security yeah and then you don't need ads and then you don't need a data mine at all you don't i mean from my perspective if i was running this thing i wouldn't need to know i wouldn't need to know what the heck's on this site at all i don't give a crap that's so so um can i can i just say very quickly that sussandbox.com is available sussandbox.com sussandbox yeah a stutter of sandbox Oh my sandbox. goodness. It's perfect. <laughs> it is. It actually is kind of fun. It's a sandbox. <laughs> it's a sandbox. It's a sandbox. I can already see the video and I can already see you 
in your white turtleneck, the antithesis of Steve Jobs, coming out here. <laughs> welcome to Sandbox. <laughs> sandbox. Well, welcome to the Sandbox. <laughs> so in the video itself, I just say welcome to Sandbox, and then it, we just like edit it. So <laughs> edit it, edit it. Yeah. We edit we edit the video to make it sound like the Sandbox. Yeah, so it's, oh, it's kind of like a, a Tim and Eric cut where you see the video even jump too, right? Exactly, just yeah. edit the audio, you, you see the whole thing. Welcome to Sw- Swallow Valley Mall. <laughs> Welcome to the Silicon Prairie. Exactly. Woo, man. Oh my goodness, I love it. So that's an interesting idea because social media right now is so at odds with... Not encryption, but, uh, you know, it, like social media doesn't have to be totally exclusive exclusive of uh, privacy. God, now that I've like stuttered on purpose, it's going to happen all day. <laughs> I, I used to Getting have a real habit. problem. Yeah, I used to have a problem with this, and now it's really going to flare up. It's Dang a herpy it. on my lip. My apologies. <laughs> April Fool's, not my fault. <laughs> But so, there is some, uh, there, there's something interesting there in the uh, private social media. And I like, personally, social. I like the idea of it uh, of it being erased every day, every 24 hours. Oh, every day. I thought it was every week. I think every day, man. It would, first of all, it would increase usage because you, you obviously want to see what your friends are posting today yeah. before it's gone. Yeah. Um, it would allow people to be more candid and more open knowing that their information that whatever they say is gone similar to snapchat yeah but i'm not sure how many dick pics we would get <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean those yeah i'm i'm not sure what people would use it for either well, i so, could see it potentially being used for illegal activity too well that's that's the thing i think this is a problem with a lot of especially like image hosting startups is that if they have this sort of platform where they um swear by privacy and or like short-lived posts where they auto-destruct um i think a lot of those a lot of those startups have problem with like child pornography and shit oh right right but yeah i'm not i'm not sure dude i think i think one key also is just keeping it as simple as possible I think that the concept that I have in mind is you have this news feed of people posting statuses, pictures, hopefully hopefully uh, PG-13 pictures. PG-13 PG, PG dick pics. <laughs> That's right. Um, At least and, put a bonnet on it or something. <laughs> and, you know, you can still like it. You can still uh, share it, that kind of thing. You right. can post YouTube videos. You can, I mean, and, I mean just like Facebook, right? Except, except anybody from the outside world, outside of sasandbox.com, <laughs> is there's no way for them to get into it, and obviously it won't show up on Google searches. Uh, you know the individual posts won't won't, um, like they do on Ooh. from Facebook, Google, YouTube. That's interesting. So there's there, you you're saying no robots do not crawl these pages. These right. only exist if you look for them. Yep, exactly. Okay. Because you have to actually be in there in order to see any information. Otherwise, from the outside, it just looks like a big old jumbled mess. 
Interesting. So you're building that silo out in a cornfield, uh, and within it is really a government agency uh, with a lot of advanced technology. But from the outside, all we see is a few cows chewing on their cud in yeah. a big, big white silo. Exactly. It's a sandbox. It's a sandbox. Welcome to it. And then at the same time, you can always do some upsells too. You can uh, you can also provide uh, encrypted email access. So uh, yeah. I'd like uh, Skylar H at sandbox.com and that's encrypted. And now I have a way to send encrypted emails. That's very exciting. You could sell uh, a blue theme instead of the the normal gray theme that the sandbox is built on. You could sell a blue title bar. Ninety-nine cents gets you a blue title bar. Boom. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of a way to make your dream come true here. Um, but you haven't worked on this dream in ten months. I haven't. I, I, I mean, man, at this point, all it is is an idea. So that's that's why I've, that's why I'm willing to say it on the air right now because, um, man, I, I'm just not sure that I'll pursue it. Would you want to? Would you even, if you made this thing and it experienced any sort of success, would you even want, would you even want it? Would you want to tend this thing? Um, that's, that's, that's another thing with being an entrepreneur, right? If you build it and they come, yep. do you even want to maintain it? Are you well, even sure that you wanted the thing I would you want made? to for a, for a little while. This yeah. I wouldn't make this my life's passion because... Dude, social media, I'm kind of over that. Yeah, and someday um, your, your life passion will be building teardrop campers in your yard. That's true, yes. So. And collecting trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Scott over that. <laughs> my bad. April Jeez. Fool's not my bad. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but at the same time, man, I think, I think uh, we've got to be aware of business opportunities. So... Even if it's not my life life's passion, I think my passion, at the same time, my passion is uh, building businesses. Like that's yeah. that's what I want to do. I want to want to be able to be my own boss, <laughs> cliche, and uh, yeah, yeah, work work for myself. Just and play in the just, sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And be the king of the castle, the sand the sand castle. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's very, it's very obvious to me that you are, uh, like you just said, that you're the type of person that's very interested in starting businesses. Whereas, um, you know, I, I'm more into like branding and positioning, I guess. Yep. Uh, yeah, there has to be some sort of maybe, maybe you're a consultant at some point after you, uh, you start a few successful things or like help people come become successful. I don't know where your your place is in this world. I'm not but, sure either, man. But there is a place. <laughs> Somewhere. Well, I have been doing some consulting for a couple of small businesses around town. And That's I'll right. tell you, man, I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Do they like you? Yeah, they do. They uh, at, they meet with me on the stages. reg. And yeah, the goal is just to make them as successful as possible. Because they're they're all businesses that I can get behind and that I uh, like believe in. So... You got to build your uh, portfolio. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I just, man, the whole concept of building a business just appeals to me like crazy. I don't understand why more people don't do it. Obviously, a lot of people do, but 
man, it's a very small percentage of the population who actually who actually does. Yeah, build your uh, your own pyramid, right? Right, exactly. Be, be that top block on the scheme. Yeah, but you start at the very at the ground. You know, you start with you start at absolutely nothing, and then an idea pops up into your head after you encounter this certain problem. Then all of a sudden you're like, well, actually, maybe this idea could come to life. I'm not sure. Well, so th- I, I think you should know that you are unique in this because to me. Uh, starting a business or owning a business has been unappealing in my life and now that I'm uh, I'm starting to maybe think about doing it um, it still is somewhat unappealing it's what? So it's somewhat unappealing to actually want really? to do this yeah 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 it seems like a lot of uh, seems like a lot of headache and I'm just not the type of person who can uh, say I'm going out on my own little lifeboat and I'll meet you back at shore right I'd rather sit on the cruise ship, uh, but sometimes maybe go out my lifeboat, but always have, have the cruise ship to come back to. Whereas you're fine with uh, just taking your little boat offshore and throwing a match on the, on the dock as you leave. Who cares if you find your yeah. way? It takes, <laughs> well, at this it takes point. A, a certain, a certain uh, I don't know, a certain cojones that I don't have. Well, at this point, I haven't, I haven't struck the match. It's... Uh, I still have that that dock to go back to. Uh, there you go. Just in, I mean, it's it's just a side hustle right now. Yeah. So. Side hustle. Yeah, but at the same time, going back, still staying on that analogy, um, man, if done right, that little that little dinghy that you're that you're rowing around can become its own cruise ship, and then it's yours. That's true. That's true. And then you can you can feed people. Uh, Buffet-style shrimp and bacon. Yeah, exactly. Where was this going? Have you ever been on a cruise or like a big, big ship? I haven't. You know, I have actually. What? I yeah, I went one time in, I think late high school, like maybe my s- senior year. Do tell. Do tell. Oh man, it was it was weird. Um, it was a weird experience. Well, first of all, two years prior, my family went to. Cancun, and that well, that's the whole Chichen Itza story that I told yeah. earlier, uh, a couple of episodes ago. But um, Chichen Itza, bless you. I think your cat's barking in the background. April <laughs> Fool's dog, turkey. Uh, but yeah, you know, we went to Cancun a couple years earlier, and that was again all all inclusive, uh, just sitting on the beach all the time. Uh, it was an awesome time. So our next. Uh, our next, I guess, Caribbean getaway was a cruise, and that was also the whole fam, uh, with some extended fam as well. Okay. And so I, I had no idea what to expect. Um, I, I wasn't sure if we would be cooped up, cooped up on this big old boat for the entire time, or how the heck this would work. Right. But we, we ended up stopping at, I think, three different different uh islands like caribbean islands and getting off and walking around during the day and whatnot and then time to finesse your warm leads correct yes uh brought a bunch of health powder (laughs) so uh yeah i don't know man the whole the whole concept is weird um but when you're stopping on these islands and actually get to 
see CGI land a little bit. Um, that that part was cool. Yeah. But besides that, I mean, the thing is, the cruise ship only allows so many people, and they always book that many people. It's not like it's not like there's ever ample room on a cruise ship. Okay. Um, so this are you seeing that? I'm guessing there were thousands of people on this cruise ship. Um, or hundreds. How big? Man, I don't know. I it's a have small no floating freedom. town. Let's say 500. Yeah. 500. Okay. That's so a total it's, guess, but it's a town um, where you're, you're seeing the same people day in day out. It is, and if you want to get a, if you want to like get a chair by the by the pool, for example, man, you have to wake up at 6 a.m. because otherwise they're all taken. Ew. Yeah. So there's that. You always have to stand in line for food, for drinks. Um, just because there there's so many people on this on this ship, it's it's a big ship, but with that many people on it, it makes it seem like a small ship. And I would assume everything is just covered in like a fine glaze of sunscreen that people have sprayed. Oh yeah, the smell you, alone uh, kind of turns me off of maybe a cruise ship. I think maybe the smell. I like the smell much. of sunscreen. The smell of well, sunscreen is refreshing to me, well, but that mixed ginger. with. That mixed with, like, old person sweat and pigeon pee or seagull pee. <laughs> uh, yeah, it all kind of mixes together for a weird, weird, musty smell. Can I just say that I cannot wait for seagull pee's next mixtape? Oh, man. I hear you. 